Welcome to Anam Radio, and this week we talk to pianist Lawrence Matheson. G'day, Lawrence. Hi, Phil. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Thanks for talking to us. We're going back to your fellowship series of concerts, which focused on chamber music, all sorts of combinations, a terrific variety of works. What attracted you to this particular work? And we're talking about Dvorak's Piano Quintet in A Major, Opus 81. My chamber music series at Annam, which was my fellowship, was quite broad. I had started with these two big concerts focused around two composers, Brahms and Schubert. But I got to the end of the year and there were a bunch of works that were more disparate that I really wanted to include, but hadn't had a chance earlier in the year. And some of these composers, like Doc Nanyi, don't have a great chamber music output that you could structure a whole concert around. So I ended up with this program that I thought was quite interesting. It started with the Poulenc Sextet and then the Dohnanyi Sextet. So the first two pieces were quite light. They're very folk influenced and I really just enjoy playing them. They're great fun and with the right people, they're just great chain music. And then the Dvorak is also quite light in its own way. It's still very folk influenced like the Dohnanyi, but it's got a little bit more seriousness to the material somehow. It does. I think you're right. It always strikes me as a very happy work. And we know that Dvorak was in fact very happy when he wrote this in summer in 1887. He was at his country estate, which was his favorite place to be. He was very successful at this time. He had, I think, seven symphonies behind him. He was a huge celebrity in England where they just lapped up everything he was writing. So this work has every reason to communicate happiness and joy, but it's just full of gorgeous melodies, isn't it, Lawrence? Absolutely. It's it's so folkly influenced. You can hear it in all the movements. And actually, while it's got that happiness, I also find it has sort of this pathos. You can particularly hear it at the very end of the work. There's this sudden slow section at the very end of the piece that sort of doesn't feel like it belongs there in some ways, but it brings this sort of gravitas to the work and brings it all together, which I find is really interesting. I also think it's really interesting that this work has so much original material from his previous quintet in it that he decided to rework this early A major quintet that no one ever plays really, the quintet number one, into the second version that is now the one we, we know and love today. Well, let's talk about that because yes, he had, I think it was more than 10 years before, maybe even 15 years before written a quintet in A major and he wasn't happy with it. So you've obviously studied the early version as well. How much material ended up in the final version? Not actually that much. I think he more took his ideas from his, I think it was even a teenage piece. It was very early, this teenage piece that he sort of discarded in the end and really wanted to move on with those ideas. I think he must have just been experimenting with them and decided this is some good material that I wrote 10 or so years ago and he, he thought it would work well for another try at it. Now you talk about Dvorak being folk influenced and that covers really his whole output but all the thematic material in this quintet is in fact original which I find amazing because there's so much of it but the Czech influence really comes through especially I think in the second and third movements. The second is a Dumka and the third is a Furiant. Can you explain to us what those are please? They're both sort of heavy Slavic folk dances from Russia and sort of Eastern Europe. The, the Dumka was originally sort of a slow ballad, almost melancholic in character. But obviously when Dvorak and other classical composers, it was quite common 
around this time for the classical composers to adopt these folk styles and sort of morph them into a more classical genre. He sort of took it to mean these character changes and I think it still has that pathos. You can hear it even at the very opening with this viola solo and then all of the instruments have these flowing lines that sort of feel like they're telling a story. But it it's also has these livelier moments that perhaps weren't in the original Dumka themselves. That's right. He varies it, doesn't he? Because he keeps bringing back the Dumka theme, but in between he has these very contrasting episodes. But the Dumka theme itself is, is always so haunting and it, it has real pathos, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then that contrasts extremely well to the Furiant, which comes afterwards, which was often a work that would precede the Dumka. They were sort of seen as a set of two that would be, would be played together in folk settings. Now, the Furiant was even more removed from the original folk influence. Originally, it's actually a five-beat pattern. It's a 2-4 followed by a 3-4 in the original folk setting. Obviously, when that transferred to Dvořák's music, he ironed it all out into a 3-4 but it still has those sort of offbeat accents and folk elements you can hear. And it's got that sort of energy, that relentless energy. Although I find this one is actually more of a scherzo and trio to me. It's got that structure and obviously trio you wouldn't find in the original Furiant. I want you to comment now on Dvorak's piano writing because I think he achieves beautiful balance in this between the piano and the strings. The piano writing is actually very economical. He doesn't overdo it. What's it like to play? I think one of the things that is so special about this piece and, and the way he wrote it and why it's so loved is just the way he morphs the piano into the strings because often even pieces like the Brahms Quintet, these big masterworks, it feels like it's almost pitting the piano against the strings, like the strings are playing and then the piano is responding to that. Whereas in this Dvorak you feel like it's real five people playing chamber music together. I find his piano writing, although he was a good pianist, he wasn't a brilliant pianist, unlike the Brahmses of the world. And I find some of it is actually quite awkward in its own way, unlike the Brahms, which despite having these hugely thick textures and millions of notes, somehow because he had that knowledge of the piano fitted in the hands much better than some of Dvořák's writing, particularly in that Fouriant movement. So I was going to ask you, what, what are the scariest moments in this score for the pianist? Yeah, I think the, the Furiant definitely has its challenges. It's, it sort of rips along and you, you suddenly find that your left hand has a million notes that you're not sure how you're, you're going to fit in. There are moments in, in the first and last movement too, but to me this, the second movement has, you can sort of relax a little bit and just enjoy the chamber music element more. So I, re I really love the second movement. I love the way you play it too, by the way, all of you, but I think you negotiate the uh, awkwardness of the piano part very well, Lawrence, if I may say. You don't appear to be struggling overly. Now, Lawrence, you started years ago at Young Academy when we were running Young Academy at Anam, and it gives me great pleasure now to see that you are working with a young up-and-coming musician, a violinist. Can you tell us about that, please? Yeah, so there's a few violinists I work with. I sort of seem to have had a knack for working with violinists now, but there's a couple, particularly Christian Lee is one of them. He's doing really well at the moment. I think he's recording some CDs for Decca and he's just signed with IMG Artists in London despite us being stuck over here. He's a real talent, but I just enjoy the 
they, they bring sort of this energy and unique ideas and freshness that I think is really rewarding to work with. And you can sort of shape their interpretations, but they really bring their own things to the music, which I find really rewarding to work with and helps me in my playing too. Now, lastly, this has been a funny old year for everyone and concerts have been cancelled left, right and centre. Do you have anything coming up that we can look forward to? Well, yes, I, I think I last counted, I, I had about 140 concerts cancelled this year, which is <laughs> quite a remarkable number. Terrible. This year, it's really hard to know what's going to happen because we just don't know when we're going back on stage and when audiences are going to be allowed. Planning for next year is still also a nightmare. I have a couple of things planned. I have a tour of New Zealand uh, with, with a chamber group and a festival over there and also some concerts with a violinist for Musica Viva, but we just don't know really how that will work like violence coming from overseas so that'll depend on border restrictions and all of that so really depends on how this all pans out but fingers crossed well lawrence thank you very much for sharing your dvorak with us it's a beautiful performance from you and all the strings and i really hope for yours and everyone's sake that we get to hear a lot more of you in 2021 thanks so much phil thanks for having me